Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 16, called Our Superior and Sympathetic High Priest. When the Word of God comes to your life, here's the question. Do you open the door? Do you unite it with faith? We say, well, well, Pastor Michael, what would that look like if I do receive the Word of God with faith? What would that look like? Well, faith means trust, but faith is also active. Later, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 6 will say, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hear those words? That's an active faith. So when I hear the word of God, I want to be receptive to it because it's living and powerful. And I also want to run with it. Two R's. You might want to write them down. Being receptive to the word. That is receiving it with trust as the authentic word of God. And then running with it. What does it say? Shane said in his prayer, I could scribble down notes. I, I do in my Bible all day long. I, I have things highlighted left and right, up and down. But I could highlight things all day long. But if I don't do them, they're kind of meaningless, at least for me. Because I haven't bothered to do what the word says. Don't be merely a hearer of the word, James says, who deludes themselves. But be what? A doer of the word, right? We all know the verse. So the word of God is living and active. It's alive. It's filled with God's energy. It's breathed out by God. Look at verse middle of 12. And it's sharp. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Now I know that this room is filled with Christians who have been around the Bible for a long time. And I know that that's not the first time you've ever heard that. The word of God, it's my sword, man. Watch out. It's sharp. Look out. Now, I hope that that's how you see your Bible. The sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6, 17, which is the word of God. I got my sword, man. Put it into my sheath. Whew. All right? Now, I used to be able to carry around the little Gideon's Bible. You know, it was about that big. That's before I had to wear reading glasses. Now, that thing means nothing to me. I, I, can't, I can't see it. <laughs> the little pocket Bibles, right? Why do you think... The writer of Hebrews said that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Can I suggest something? This is my take on it. What was the threat to the church in that day? It was the threat of the sword. Whose sword? Well, we know Rome ended up persecuting Christians, but we also know that the religious leadership of Israel was not uh, friendly to, to Christians. Some of them became converted and all of that. But here's my point. Have you ever wondered why I'm writing, I'm reading from my notes, the, the writer compares God's word to a sword and says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. He mentions the sword in Hebrews eleven thirty four and 37 in the great hall of faith. Peek with me over there just for a second. We'll, we'll get to this in a future study, but if you look at Hebrews eleven thirty four and 37, the writer's trying to encourage the current uh, group of Christians who are facing some 
forms of persecution. And he says in 1134, these faithful ones of old quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. 1134, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Skip down to 37. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. Back to Hebrews chapter 4. We're studying the book of Acts uh, on our Thursday morning men's study right here at the church in the office. And Herod had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword, Acts 12, 1 and 2. The threat of the sword may well be why the writer of Hebrews uses the image of a sword. And here's what I think is a possibility of what's going on. That the group of Hebrew believers tempted to go back to the temple, back to Moses, the law of Moses, uh, to move away from confessing Jesus openly as Messiah, had in their mind a sword. They had in their mind that if I get persecuted to the point of death, then maybe I'll have to face the sword. And that doesn't sound too exciting to me. I don't know about you, right? The, the idea of persecution, let's take it back to our modern uh, times. COVID happened. Uh, churches in California opened their door. They, uh, the government was saying, don't sing anymore. You remember these days? Don't open your doors. Don't sing anymore, etc., etc. So we had to take a stand. So we opened the doors of the church. Well, we know that some pastors were put in prison. In Canada, some pastors were fined in Northern California. And there was a threat. Maybe the, the most real threat I've ever experienced as a pastor in Southern California to my preaching other than being called names or getting nasty emails or that kind of thing. And it, it was in the minds of people that if I do A, B could happen. And here's what I'm going to suggest to you. That maybe the writer of Hebrews is called the word of God sharper than any two-edged sword to say, pay attention to this more than that. Amen. I know you're concerned. And, and I wouldn't just dismiss anyone who lives in a country even today who has fear of persecution. Because that fear of persecution in some places could lead to your own death. It's happened and it does happen. They say that there's been more martyrs in the last century in the world than the previous 19 centuries combined. The study was done in the previous century, but... The, my point is this, that that is a very real image for a first century believer. And I think the writer of Hebrews may well be saying there's a sword that should concern you more. It's the sword of the spirit. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Romans 8.35. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword... Just as it is written, for thy sake we are being put to death all day long, we're considered as sheep to the slaughter. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, 
nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, for us, it it may not be the threat of a sword. It may be something else. It may be that someone's going to treat me different if I say I believe in the word of God or I believe Jesus is the Messiah. It may be that I'm ostracized at work or disowned by family or whatever it may be. But I think the writer of Hebrews is saying this. There's something of heavenly origin that you need to consider. The word of God. 412, it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces as far as the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And it's able to judge or discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God cuts the deepest. It is the cutter. It can open us up in a microsecond. A prophecy about Messiah says, he made my mouth like a sharp sword, Isaiah 49.2. In the shadow of his hand, he has concealed me. He has also made me a select arrow. He has hidden me in his quiver, Isaiah 49, verse 2. The Messiah has a tongue like a sword. And when his word hits my life, it cuts deep. Now, that's not always a negative. Because sometimes he does his divine surgery, and in order for me to be healed, I have to be what? Opened up. Any of you have ever had a serious surgical procedure, you know that the prospect of being opened up doesn't sound good at all. And some of you have the scars to prove it. But you know that the surgeon needs to get in there. He's got to open you up to do the surgery to repair that broken part of your body. That's often what the Lord is doing in our lives. And sometimes when we hear the word of God, frankly, the opening uh, cuts hurt. Amen. There's no other way to say it. Many years ago, I was playing in a slow-pitch softball game. This was when I could actually run. My knees were actually cooperating back, back in the day. And a guy hit a gapper into the outfield, and I was on first base, and I rounded second, rounded third. And I decided to make the dash for home. And the catcher ran to the backstop. The ball had gotten by him. He picked it up. It, there was probably about, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 feet from the backstop to the home plate. And I went sliding in to home. The catcher turned around almost blindly and chucked the ball. Pitcher was covering. Pitcher missed the ball. Pastor Michael's nose caught the ball. This Italian schnoz of mine was relocated. (laughs) About an inch or two over. And I tell you what, I began to bleed on home plate. Uh... And I bled, and I bled, and I bled some more. You know when you get hit? Like, you could get hit barely in the nose, and it makes your eyes water and stuff. Well, my nose was broken, but not only was it broken, it, it, had, it was moved over. So I was bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. Anyway, a friend of mine uh, takes me to Chapman Hospital. I'm all dirty in my softball stuff, and they, 
they looked at me in there. They're like, uh, well, we're going to call a specialist because <laughs> that schnoz needs a lot of work. That was even before this happened. But anyway. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. That's how I showed my anger. Mm-hmm. Not in words, but in, you can't have me. Mm-hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. Even for me, in a church that didn't shy away from it, it wasn't talked about a ton, but I remember getting married and my wife and I being like, this is weird. Like, so it's good now, I guess. You know? <laughs> and- there was infidelity. Just a lot of financial issues, you know, all those things that make the top list of, of yes. why a marriage is hard. The Lord's given us all things to enjoy, yeah. the scriptures say, and freedom is a big word yeah. as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what's happened in the church is that the church has not always sent a message that we're supposed to enjoy life and be free. We've put a lot of unnecessary weights on people. It's one thing to listen to the podcast. It's another to watch the video of those four interact. All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate today. That's walkintruth.com, click donate. Walkintruth.com, click donate. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. You know when you get hit, like you could get hit barely in the nose and it makes your eyes water and stuff. Well, my nose was broken, but not only was it broken, it, it, had, it was moved over. So, I was bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. Anyway, a friend of mine... Uh, takes me to Chapman Hospital. I'm all dirty in my softball stuff. And they, they looked at me in there. They're like, uh, well, we're going to call a specialist because <laughs> that schnoz needs a lot of work. That was even before this happened. But anyway, so, um, so they call this guy and he comes in in a tuxedo. He was a specialist and he said he had been at a dinner party and he reassured me that he had only had a few drinks. And I was like, oh, wow, that's nice to know. He goes, I used to do these in the Navy, and uh, I'm going to relocate your nose. And I said, oh, great. Now, prior to this, prior to his arrival, because they had to call him away from this party, I, I was bleeding so much, my buddy began to pray for me. He thought I was going to die, because <laughs> there, there's a lot of blood. Anyway, so he comes and he gives me five shots to my face, in strategic positions. This only hurt a little bit. And then he did one of these. (laughs) Moved the nose over, handed me a mirror, and said, what do you think? And I was like, well, (laughs) mirror, mirror on the wall. (laughs) Don't lie. (laughs) Anyway, it's about the best that could be done. And so uh, there was a guy, we were playing in the city of Orange, and uh, I lived in Corona and one other player 
And the guy that was going to drive me home owned a Jeep that I don't think ever had shocks on it. And we drove from Orange to Corona. I had a broken nose. And every bump of the 91 freeway I felt in this Jeep. There couldn't be a worse vehicle to ride back. Took a run, 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 Not only that, they had stuffed so much gauze up my nose that the doctor said, there's only two things that you can't do. Don't breathe in really hard and don't blow your nose. Suffer. <laughs> and there I was in the chair, in the living room, going... Now you say, Pastor Michael, why do you tell that story? I have no idea. No. Um, Here's the point. The doctor had to give me some shots to numb everything and relocate the nose back to (laughs) proper alignment here. And that's so I could be well again. I could breathe. And when the word of God goes into your life, That's often what God is doing. Is he knows you've got a weak place. And it hurts. You ever been there before? Ouch. And all God's people said, ooh. (laughs) Ow. Right? And you might want to say, this belongs to you, Pastor Michael. Let me pull this out. And and I said, no, it's yours. That's kind of a joke. <laughs> it's yours, right? But why, why does the Lord do that? Because he's doing a work inside. He doesn't care about surface things like we do. We're impressed with facade. That's not the Lord. The Lord doesn't look on the outside. Where does he look? He looks at the heart, and therefore, that's where he does the work. Revelation uh, 2.12 says to the church at Pergamum, the one who has the sharp two-edged sword says this, Revelation 2.16 says, repent, therefore, or else I'm coming to you quickly. I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Revelation 2.12, Revelation 2.16, both of them speak of Jesus. The word of God is able to judge. It, it is the, the greatest discerner of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It's the most skilled judge that there is. E.K. Simpson, who did a survey of the word discern or judge, he talks about various examples. And he says, uh, he looked at Aristotle and so forth. He says, in all these examples, it is a sifting process that is at work when the word of God discerns our thoughts and what winnowing fan can vie with the gales of the spirit blowing through the word of God, close quote. In other words, when the spirit and the word come into my soul, it does some dividing work. It divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Uh, if you've ever studied the views on the soul, some people are trichotomists, some people are dichotomists. I won't get into that now, but in the dichotomy of the soul, it's the idea of that you have, you have a body and a soul. Some people say you have a body and a soul and a spirit. In Hebrew thought, the body was one, the soul and spirit were one. They weren't separated. And so the one possible view of what the word of God does is that it penetrates the impenetrable. In Jewish thought, that may be what the writer is after. 
separating of, uh, you know, joints and marrow, soul and spirit. Or it could be alternatively that it just goes into the deepest recesses of the soul. I remember when I first came into a Christian church and began to hear the word of God taught like we're experiencing tonight. And, And I was amazed at how many times the word of God just penetrated my life. And I was often very uncomfortable because it was calling me out. (laughs) But I realized what God was doing. There was a lot to fix in me. So it wasn't hard in a sermon, you know, for me to be hit multiple times in very deep personal areas. But it was ultimately for my good. And and sometimes it went in and, you know, it was making the call. Later, let's flip over to chapter 5, and then we'll try to move a little quicker here. In 5.11, the writer is talking about Melchizedek. And he says, concerning him, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, since you've become what? Dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you. The elementary principles of what? Of the word of God. The the oracles of God is the word of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. Not, Not a good meal in the word of God, but just like the elementary things. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he's an infant. But solid food is for the mature who because of what? Practice have their senses trained to discern. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And when you get trained by it, you're able to discern good and evil. You've been listening to Our Superior and Sympathetic High Priest, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel. Maybe these Ten Commandment teachings are bringing up some feelings you need to let out, or perhaps you have more questions go ahead and call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. You know, I do have some friends that say, I'm just not a reader. <laughs> and, you know, in our in today's world with all the technology, I think books and reading have kind of taken a hit. Uh, I'm a book person, I have to say. Uh, I'm in my 50s, and when I first became a believer, audio cassettes and books were pretty much all there was. And as technology has really exploded, I've taken advantage of the Bible programs and, you know, e-books and all that good stuff. But I will say there's nothing like a physical Bible, and I'm still a book person, but even if you're not, you can listen to so many things. If you're not a big reader, 
You can um, listen to sermons. You can listen to the Bible verse by verse, read by somebody else. All these things are available. Find a way to get it into you. If it's not by reading it with the eye, get it through the ear gate, listen to sermons. Just make sure the word of God's coming into your life one way or the other. And even if you try to pick up reading again, you might find it refreshing, a new opportunity to love it again. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. You've been listening to the book of Hebrews, the great section at the end of Hebrews for our superior and sympathetic high priest. We've been, I've been rejoicing in it. I pray that you have as well. And I pray that it's encouraging you to stay close to the Lord and approach that throne of grace. And by God's grace, we'll see you right here tomorrow for part three. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael. You'll have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com and click donate. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 4, 12 through 16, called Our Superior and Sympathetic High Priest. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.